0: are four things you need to know up front one while we are talking to you we're not talking about you your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis two the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis.
1: Welcome back. We're talking about sniffing out scams because scams stink, don't they? Sometimes not, not until it's too late. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they, they, they put that time release stink on a scam. huh? Uh, what I want to talk about, because we've talked about scams before, how we've all been scammed, how scams are just a part of life. They're a learning thing. What I want to talk about was where do they start? Why do they start? You know, we just finished talking about accountability and accountability gaps have i have i spoiled the surprise
2: okay so i've been watching the dropout on hulu about elizabeth holmes and theranos ah so um you can see she didn't mean to be a scammer like she really had a good idea she wanted to invent this device that only needed a drop of blood because of the people that were around her including her mother who would get sick during blood draws but her technology kept on failing and she said, "Let's just cover this up. I just need the money to make it work. And then it just snowballed because they just couldn't get the technology to work and she just wanted to keep on covering it up in the hopes that it would eventually work. And just because kept she was on trying to money. do something to
1: help the world, right?
2: But at the same time she was flying private and bought a house in Atherton and you know, so- while she was covering it up, getting her <laughs> technology to work, there's some pleasures oh, in I mean, life that you're familiar
1: with it. You're familiar with the phrase the road to hell is paved with good intentions.
3: Right, it's great intentions things, but Yeah, I'll give you
1: Yeah, go ahead, Connor. Yeah.
3: Well it's just a snowball downhill, you know, you start covering this up, you're building the house on a bad foundation.
1: Yes. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Nailed it. Exactly right, Connor. And and it happens, it doesn't just happen in small ways, it happens in big places. You know, Theranos isn't even a big one. All right, you want to talk about a big one uh there was about 20 25 years ago two companies enron and worldcom both went down because of fraud enron at the time was the mm-hmm. one of the largest energy producers and distributors in the united states and they <laughs> they they accidentally found a way to hide money off the balance sheet and uh, literally blew up the entire company. WorldCom was a little different. There they found an accounting hole in the accounting department that they were able to stuff mistakes into. And it's like, we'll figure it out in the next quarter. And it grows and it grows and it grows. Uh, ZBest, remember Barry Minkow. And if you ever want to see a documentary about him, it's on Netflix. Um, He he did an office building thing and the mafia got into him and he ended up claiming he was cleaning buildings that he had no contract for. But in every case, they were trying to do good things. Now, I'm going to talk about one where accountability actually saved the day. It's one I happen to know because it was one of my father's deals. Adley, you probably don't know who my dad was. He was uh, the vice chairman of Bear Stearns when he retired his first time and then started a family funds that BlackRock bought and then he retired a second time. And then he started a merchant bank and and new projects in Puerto Rico. And I don't think he's ever going to retire a third time because he's learned his lesson. It ain't happening. But he he bought control of a timeshare company you may have heard of called Glen Ivy. It's one of the biggest. Uh, and in buying it. it in- all right. But they're one of the biggest at the time. And in buying it, he said, I want accountability. So he went to a major accounting firm and said, I want you to do an audit on their books at the level of which is if they were going public, the highest level of audit you can do, because I'm not going to give them 40 million bucks unless I know the numbers of the numbers the major accounting firm goes in they do the numbers they come out say it's good they close the deal they find out there were two sets of computerized books one were fake one were real and the fake ones were the ones the accounting firm said were okay the only reason my dad got his money back is he was able to go to the accounting firm and hit their hit their hit their hit their, hit their uh, insurance bond because clearly you should have found the computerized real set of books now that's where accountability helps. I'm also going to share with you an experience. Leela, we're going to talk about the golf course in Arizona that I invested in for 10 years. But because it's an example of all kinds of fraud, right? All right? Adley, I I got roped into. I bought a golf course for a dollar. One dollar. Well, that's fucked.
3: You're that's this. Just...
1: <laughs> well, it needed 2 million dollars worth of work, Connor. <laughs> uh and and we put in the work. Uh, but during the nine years, we tried to make this thing work. Uh, we got, we, I had to stop so many scams. It's the most scammed business I've ever been involved with. We had a guy who was telling me he had this PhD that doesn't exist from Stanford, who was telling me we could get 3 million bucks for our business. If I just wrote him a $200,000 check. So that went. Boom, that was an easy scam. We had a predatory lender. Do you know what that is? A predatory oh my lender? God, I remember that one. Oh yeah, I know, God. but Connor, do you oh. know what a predatory lender is?
3: Is it like when your house burns down in Malibu and you really had no insurance and can't afford it? And now they come in trying to buy it and swoop it from you at low?
1: Well, that's Uh, a predatory purchaser. Yeah. (laughs) A predatory (laughs) lender wants to take it away from you in a slightly different way. What he wants to do is he, he knows you're desperate. So he's going to charge you a lot of fees upfront to make this attractive loan. Then he's going to change the terms of the loan. So they're so expensive that you're going to default. And then they're just going to take your business away and sell it.
2: Oh my God. The default terms are terrible. You say you miss one letter or submitting them one permit.
1: Right. Take away your property. Now, there was one group that I looked at and went, Well, these guys don't seem right to me. And my partner said, No, my friend has done business with them before and he's legitimate. On that type of a referral, I said, Okay, let's get involved with them a little bit. We gave them the down payment. Oh my God, I had to walk away from the down payment. It was, it, they were just the worst of the, these people would just, they, they don't care if they gut you and leave you by the side of the street. Uh, we also had to deal with the fake buyer, the person. <laughs> It says they're going to buy it, but they try to get you to sign over rights to, the, to your assets before they've ever paid you a penny. That I'm able to swipe away. Bank fraud. People figure out your account number, start getting in there. Unless you're watching it and reconciling it every day, you're the. We had bank fraud at least five times. We had to close accounts in Arizona, and finally we had we changed our restaurant um, uh, software system. And in the changeover, my partner lost control over the cash reconciliation, and it took us four months to realize someone had stolen fifteen thousand dollars from us. Wow, <laughs> that's just in one business over.
3: <laughs> and then dollar investment. Uh, well, two million two in one.
1: I was just, and I would have caught the, uh, the, the, um, the system change, um, fraud if they just follow, I kept saying, follow this procedure. It has to work and they, they couldn't do it. And I kept, and because we could never get it to work, we kept thinking there was something wrong in the implementation when in fact, it was always just one person stealing it was just a nightmare uh there's one other industry i want to talk about in terms of scams because um sometimes industries have a history of supporting theft does that make sense to you right insurance insurance oh i don't know um i was thinking movie theaters
3: okay go on right right our producer shaking his head like what
1: the hell uh well movie theaters operate on usually on a split with the movie, with the, with the, with the film company who's distributing the, 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 uh, studio. And so they didn't have an incentive to accurately count the box office tickets for many, many years. So it was done on a cash basis and it was hard to reconcile the tickets. And in fact, um, the reason the movie theater industry moved away from doing popcorn cups, you remember they used to do the thick, uh, cups. Do you know why they stopped doing that?
3: It's a because terrible they reason. Pass out cups of it and charge you for a popcorn and say that you got one, but it, you didn't really get one.
1: No, actually it's sort of they the opposite throw out of that. The cups. No, no. They go and find the cups that were left behind from the show before they clean them out and reuse them because the inventory is counted by the cups, not by the amount of popcorn. So some industries are just set up so loosely. They're this stealing is part of the tradition,
3: right?
2: I'm it's a good happy. Idea. And Connor, do you guys have any scam stories?
1: Or I was just gonna say, so how how you do we spot them? No, no.
3: I'll tell you my oh. story. Yeah, I got yeah come on, Connor,
1: tell it. <laughs> Connor, I we had have just... your story. We have your story. But go ahead and tell it again.
3: Okay. Well, I will do it really super quick. So here's it. I just signed for my my got my signing bonus. I'm 18 years old, rolling around my Audi A6, feeling like a boss. And um, this guy, this Italian dude in a suit, is telling me, "Oh man, you know, he looks fresh as hell." He's like going to the airport, you know, but this is my rental car and I can't fit all these jackets in my, uh, my carry-on and I'm just leaving. 500 bucks, just have all my designer jackets, man. Like, you know, I can't take them with me. And they're all Italian, real ass Italian designer shit. It's probably a thousand a jacket, you know, but I'll give it to you for 500 bucks because I'm leaving. I'm like, Phew. 500 bucks. I think I give them like 600 bucks. I'm like, dog, here's an extra hundred, bro. Fucking killing it. And, and I, right when I go back to my buddy's house, all my friends are like, what the, there's no way, like just, they smelled the, the, the fishiness in the air. You look up on Google, the exact scam that happened, like jacket scam, long story short, a fuck ton of things came up on fresh looking Italian dude slanging jackets in a Benz, like watch out for this guy, like fully a huge, yeah. Yeah. I found out I got scammed by googling it.
1: But it wasn't you know, in the in the in the scheme of things, it, it was kind of a cheap lesson, like my lesson with the fake gold coins when I was in high school in New York City. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a good cheap lesson to learn. But what are a the hallmark- yeah, but what are the hallmarks of a scam? How do we usually get sucked into a scam? You know, we, we've talked about it a little bit before.
2: Charisma, Mark. Like, these well, they get us to be charming. emotional, right? That's
3: true, you can sell it. I think getting someone close to you, like your friend saying, hey, you can trust this guy, uh, is yeah. a big way of getting
1: people to break down their first barrier of, okay. It's okay. huge, yeah, because I was nervous about it. Uh, another way that people do it is is they make it seem really simple. Remember we talked about, ponzi schemes and what makes them work is that they have to seem really simple and you and you win a lot right so it's when things just seem too easy when things just look you look at and go you know i'll share this you know I, i'm a bit of a math freak all right when i've been a cfo i sometimes am at war with accountants because accountants these days will say well it's the policy that we handle it this way and i look at it and i go but I don't understand how two plus two can ever be seven. And so we have an argument because I'm dealing with an accountant who doesn't understand math, but is quoting policy to me and procedure. It's, it's, um, when you're like things, a it's fan
3: arguing with an umpire about a call to play.
1: Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Does it? It's just and, like, and you see that, and somebody's telling you, hey, that's the way we should watch baseball now. That's the way baseball games are going to be played. You should run for the hills, right? You shouldn't say, oh, that seems interesting and new, but we're attracted to interesting and new, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to fight that impulse of, ooh, <laughs> shiny new idea, new. Yeah, yeah. GameStop, uh,
3: GameStop.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that now, GameStop's, you know, meme stocks are a perfect example of, of, uh, bad investing uh, because, yeah, well, cause now you're just investing on the perception of value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, we're not talking about the inherent value of the thing. We're just talking about what people are popularly chasing and, and, uh, you know, usually as the retail people, we're, we're about last to the parties. So we get hit the most. Right. Uh, I guess the last thing I would talk about was, would be Bernie Madoff. Do you know who Bernie Madoff is Adley? uh i know the name but a little before your time in 2008 he was caught for running about the biggest ponzi scheme ever in the investment community he was a very well respected name for about 20 years so in fact so many people would just crowd in to try to invest with him and what happened is in this bernie made off to me is just sort of the perfect example it's like i'm going to give bernie my money he'll manage it he'll send me statements now In most cases, you can trust that relationship pretty well. But Bernie Madoff wasn't a major institution. It's one of the reasons I don't wanna do that sort of business. I'm not a major institution. Wells Fargo's a major institution. JP Morgan, Schwab, uh, Ameritrade, those are good people for executing trades, for holding custody, and, and they set up an accountability matrix for you because the way I look at it is if your investment advisor says, buy this stock, but you do the trade through another institution or another broker. Now you can see this guy says they're going to pay you this dividend. It's going to happen. This institution will record whether it happens. And you, as the CFO of your own portfolio, can reconcile the two. You can see that it's really happening. And you know when somebody's bullshitting you, right? What I look at is how do we strip away the bullshit factor as much as possible without having to watch this stuff 24-7? Because unless that's your job, why would you do that?
3: you're, then you nerd out on it, but other than that.
1: Well, I nerd out on it. Yeah, that's, that's cause I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo the same way you're a weirdo about throwing a 96 mile an hour f- fastball with explosion. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, which I was trying to explain to somebody what that, what that's like, you know, to see a ball actually start to move with faster. Explosion. That was me,
2: Mark, you were explaining it to me <laughs>
1: this <Yeah>. morning. <laughs> I think I was trying to explain it to, to my girlfriend, Sydney too, uh, in, in any event. Uh, that's how, we defeat, that's how we can defeat scams. If we just set up very simple matrices that allow us to very quickly dip in and see, is everything the way we expect it to be? We'll be safe. And thank you all.
0: Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.